Um, like I said, things are a bit um, different over the summer, so we're all going to be uh, here together. Now, these aren't just for decoration at the front. If you are a family here, or even if you're not, um, there's space for you to come and sit. <clears throat> um, now, thanks, Avery's. Well done. <laughs> Leading the charge. <laughs> um, so, kids, things are going to be a bit different from what you're used to. We're not going to have our, our groups as we usually do. Um, we are still going to have some fun together. We are going to have some interactive bits and pieces. Adults, be ready for that. That's for you as well. Um, and, yeah, we're going to have a really, really good time. Now, I have the great privilege of kicking off our summer series which is all about the good shepherd. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be good. Um, And, yeah, um, all about the good shepherd. And we're going to read um, from the Bible this morning. Now, um, I know lots of adults bring their electronic Bibles, but children don't have those usually. So there are some Bibles down here that you can use. We're going to start by... Turning to the New Testament, uh, which is towards the back of the Bible after Jesus was born. Um, And we're going to turn to Luke, which is one of the Gospels, which is where we hear all about the the life and the stories of Jesus. So we're going to turn to Luke. Um, If you need some help, adults are around to help you guys. That's it, we found them. Luke, so it's quite near the back. Luke, and we're going to chapter 15, so the biggest number, 15. Joshua's found it. And then we're going to read from verses 1 to 7. Rocco's got his, is that your Minecraft Bible, Rocco? Fantastic. Fantastic. Right, you should be jealous. It, It looks great. And we're going <laughs> to, so we're going to read um, a story that Jesus told. Um, now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, that's Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he, Jesus, told this parable. Now, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, If he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now, before we get into the meat, I'm just going to pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for, for your Bible, for your word. Thank you that um, you teach us so much uh, through it. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now and you would fill every single one of us in this room Uh, with revelation, with understanding about what it is that you want us to learn through this passage, what it is that you have to say to our hearts. Uh, Make us ready 
Bless us, I pray. Amen. Now, the story that Jesus, um, that we just read about, the story that he told, was all about a sheep and a shepherd. But it's something called a parable. Can anyone tell me, probably from down the front here, what is a parable? Go on, Caleb, what's a, par- what's a parable? Yeah. Yeah, so there's sto- Yeah. So so there's stories that kind of teach you something. Exactly. You nailed it. Nailed it, Caleb. Um, so a parable, so this, this story that Jesus told is a story that has a meaning. It has something for us to, to learn. Um, and yeah, so the story's about um, a sheep that gets lost. Now, I was kind of Googling for illustrations about, uh, about things that get lost. And I came across an article um, about things that get lost um, on public transport in London. I don't know if you know this, but there is um, a lost property office on Baker Street um, in London. Um, and here are some pictures from it. Um, and anything that gets lost on buses or in cabs or on the underground or on trains gets taken to this office. And there are hundreds of thousands of things that are left here. Um, every, every year, hang on, where are, where are my statistics? Here we go. There are 46,300 bags left on the hundred. 46,000 bags that are left. There are 13,000 keys. Where are my keys? 13,000 keys get left on the underground or buses or wherever. Um, 34,300 mobile phones. Right? There is, there is more shock about the mobile phone than anything else there. You don't care about getting into your house, you just care about your phone. <laughs> And 10,000 umbrellas. It's a lot of stuff. In fact, they they, um, estimate that about 1,200 things, 1,200 items get left every single day and taken to this office. But the thing that I found the most shocking about all of these these statistics is that only 20% of what's lost is claimed. Isn't that crazy? 80% of what's lost gets left. But in the story Jesus told, <clears throat> one of this big group of 100 sheep gets lost. And it wasn't just left to fend for itself. It was sought and it was found and it was reclaimed. Now, the Bible, I don't know if you noticed this, is absolutely jam-packed with stories of sheep and shepherds. Can anyone, adults, you can take part in this too. Um, Can you think of any stories or characters, um, situations in the Bible where there are sheep and shepherds? I can see some hands down here. Don't be afraid. Thank you, Steph. (laughs) (coughs) Sheep or shepherds? Go on then, Caleb, tell me a sheep or a shepherd. Um, Yep. So Moses, he was a shepherd, wasn't he? Fantastic. Steph? David was a shepherd. shepherd. Yep. Come on, guys. Wake up, wake up. Thanks, Steely. Um, Jacob had sheep, but he made black babies. 
Yep. Yep. Jacob had multicultural sheep. Yep. Yeah. Um, Lauren? Sheep and shepherds went to visit Jesus after he was born. Oh, that was yours, was it? There's one more that I really hope you get to because it's kind of the point of the whole sermon series. <laughs> David, thank you. I mean, that, that, is an, that is an excellent story of a sheep in the Bible, but that's not the one I'm going for. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus calls himself the Good Shepherd. I mean, Tom did give me the title of the series, so he had a bit of a heads up. <laughs> Jesus calls himself, one of the names he uses to describe himself is as a shepherd, but not just any shepherd, he calls himself a Good Shepherd. Now you've got your Bibles, we're going to um, go past Luke into John, and we're going to go to John, and we're going to go to chapter 10, which is the biggest number. And then we've got to find verse 11, so the smallest number 11. And we're going to read from 11 to 15. If you haven't got your Bible, it's up there. But. So it's good to learn how to use our Bibles. You got it? Give me a thumbs up when you got it. Or you can see it. Fantastic. Um, so Jesus said this. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Um. Mr. and Mrs. Barclay, would you get out our banner for us? Mm. <laughs> um, now, kids, normally when, when I lead kids' praise, we have some banners that we can decorate. So I've made some banners for you to decorate if you want to do that. I think maybe if we go either side, probably. And it says, the good shepherd comes for us. So we're going to take a little bit of time thinking about the good shepherd. Who is the good shepherd? Maybe go the other side, just I think the pens will push through on there. Thank you. So we're going to take a little bit of time, think about um, who is the good shepherd and what is the good shepherd like? And what does it mean that he comes for us? Now, I grew up in Norfolk. I don't know if you know that. And for some of you, that might um, make you think I'm qualified to talk about farming and livestock. Um, but I don't actually know very much about sheep. Well, I didn't until I gave my friend Sheila a call. Now, I don't know if uh, anyone who's been on Leeds, you might have met Sheila. Sheila um, is based at um, the RM Church in Ipswich, and she is a legend um, for so many reasons, but one of them being she is a shepherd. She's um, 68. She lives in a, a shepherding hut in a forest, um, outside Ipswich and she, she's brilliant. She just got back from a period of time in the Middle East 
where she was recruited to advise them on how to care for sheep. And in that she's been there like a total of about six, six or seven weeks over the past six months. And in that time, the shepherds have seen uh, a difference of like the survival rates of the lambs going at an increase of 90%. So they've seen a 90% increase in the kind of productiveness and the birth rate of lambs being born. So she, she's a good shepherd. And so as I was preparing for this, I wanted to find out, well, what makes a good shepherd? <coughs> and she told me that a good shepherd, this was the first thing she said, like straight off the bat before I even kind of took a breath, is that a good shepherd has a shepherd's heart. Um, and she described a shepherd's heart as kind of being somewhat akin to a mother's heart for her child. Um, a shepherd's heart um, just has a, a love and affinity, affection, are invested um, in their sheep. She said that a, hire, a hired hand or someone else might have been satisfied in the story that Jesus told with having 99 sheep. They wouldn't have cared too much about one getting lost, but a shepherd's heart motivates the shepherds to go after that one. That one is very precious. She said a shepherd's heart is more than just caring. She also sh- said that um, a shepherd is protective. A shepherd kind of um, anticipates the needs of the, um, their sheep. Now, sheep, like other kind of livestock, aren't very good at taking care of themselves. They need a shepherd. They need someone to help them get what they need. Uh, So they'll anticipate whether they need better grass or they'll anticipate um, if they need some medicine or certain care. A good shepherd is a protective shepherd. They see what the sheep need and help them. She also said this, which kind of surprised me, that um, a a good shepherd has the look of a shepherd which means that a shepherd can look at their flock, his or her flock, and can immediately see if something's not quite right. They, like, she, she actually said that 90% of being a good shepherd is looking and noticing. She also told me this story of, um, of how she talks to her sheep. Um, so she'll arrive at the, I don't know what you call it, field, pasture, whatever, in the morning to, to see the sheep. And she'll say, hello, ladies. And the sheep just stop what they're doing. They lift their heads and they look because they've heard her call them. And then sometimes if she wants them to do something for her, she'll, she'll say, hello, ladies, followed by, come on then. And the sheep just know to follow her and go. And she was telling me how one of the guys that sometimes feeds her sheep for her um, was really quite frustrated because the sheep didn't respond when when he would kind of say, hello, ladies, come on then. They just wouldn't even take any notice of him. Um, And she was like, well, it's because because you're not the shepherd. The, The shepherd is known by the sheep. A good shepherd is also a searching shepherd. She talks about um, how sometimes uh, they have like really, really large flocks of sheep, like 2,000 sheep, I think she said. Don't exaggerate, it wasn't 5,000. Um, and when, when 2,000 or more so sheep are moved, you can't count every single one of them. 
Um, so you kind of just, they're just moved. But a good shepherd goes out searching, goes around the perimeter of the field that they were in. They go in their Jeep and they walk and they search for any sheep that have been lost, that have been left behind. Um, and they make sure none have been lost, none have been left behind. And they rescue them if they have. Jesus is a good shepherd. He's all of those things towards us. His heart of love is towards us. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. However, we, like sheep, might have wandered off away from him. His heart of love is always towards us. He cares about you and he cares about me. Now, in the story that Jesus told, the problem was that a sheep had wandered off. A sheep that was um, part of this flock that was loved by the shepherd wandered off on its own and did its own thing. And put put themselves, the sheep put themselves at risk because they're away from the shepherd. Sheep aren't very good at looking after themselves. They need someone, they need a shepherd to look after them. They'd wandered off and were at risk. Um, Now, Jesus draws the parallel between the sheep in the story and us. He's basically saying, you guys, human beings, you're a bit like sheep. And the Bible says that every one of us Like sheep, it says it in Isaiah, every one of us has, like sheep, wandered our own way. We've wandered away from the the goodness of God. We've gone our own way. It says in Romans 3.23, everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So sin is the ways that we have decided that we think we know best. Sin is the way that, that we choose to do things that we think are better, that hurt us and hurt others. Sin is going away from the good things God has from us, for us. And every one of us, every single one of us here has done that. But the absolutely wonderful and amazing thing is that God doesn't leave us lost, however we might have wandered away. He doesn't leave us lost. That's the whole point of the story that Jesus told, is that he comes after us. He doesn't leave us um, lost. He doesn't let us make us find our own way back. He comes for us. Now, we're going to illustrate this point with a game that might get a little bit crazy. It's called Seek the Sheep. I love that gasp, Rose. Let's, let's pick up on her excitement about the game Seek the Sheep. <gasps> I know, it's going to be good. Now, <coughs> sorry. Um, I've got um, a bit of a riddle for you. This is mainly for the children, but... Anyone can get involved if you would like to. Now, adults, you might need to... I don't know how difficult this riddle is. I think I get it, but we'll see if everyone does. Okay. Seek the sheep. Seek the sheep as quick 
as you can, maybe a treat will fall in your hand. Follow this riddle. It's for everyone. Don't worry, Rocco. Everyone can take part. Follow this riddle and you will discover a little sheep that's been undercover. I have four legs but cannot walk. I have a back and cannot talk. As you seek in hope to find, don't look above, don't look behind. If you think you know where the sheep are hiding, off you go. Don't look above, don't look behind. It's got a back, but can't talk. It's got a back, but can't talk. It has legs, but can't walk. Have a look under. There are plenty to be found, grown up, so if you want to join in. Oh. (laughs) Success. Well done, Tom. We found some sheep. Has everyone found a sheep? <laughs> well done. Claire's found a sheep. There are, in fact, 52 sheep hidden around the room. So if you haven't found one yet, just have a check. Thanks, love. Thank you, love. (laughs) Okay, once you have your sheep, bring it back to our colourful mats at the front. I'm going to count down from ten. We're going to sit down again. Nine. Eight. Seven. Who's going to get there first? Six. Five. Four. Sitting down. Three. Two. I'm looking for amazing sitting. We've got some amazing sitting here. One. Zero. Fantastic. Wow. You guys are good at seeking sheep. Now, although that was a little bit chaotic, (laughs) it wasn't actually that hard to find the sheep. You didn't have to climb anything. You didn't have to dig anywhere. You just had to look and you had to find it. It wasn't that difficult. But the lengths that the good shepherd, Jesus, went to for us is really extreme. It says, it says in verse 4 of the story Jesus told that if the shepherd has lost one of them, does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after that one until he finds it? The good shepherd keeps going. He keeps going. He is 
He pursues us because of his great, great love for us. I'm going to read from uh, the message. It says in Ephesians, we all did did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. We don't, we don't actually contribute anything to being found by Jesus. He's the one who does all of the work. Being saved by him has nothing whatsoever to do with what we can do to please him. In the story, Jesus explained that the shepherd keeps going. He just keeps going until he finds the sheep. Jesus went all the way to death on a cross in pursuit of people who are lost. Well, the Bible tells us that as Jesus died, the very last thing he said before he gave up his spirit to God was, it's finished. He did it all. He did everything to make a way for us to come to the Father. We've all gone our own way. We all need the good shepherd to save us from being lost. What are we doing for time? Let's zoom a bit. God is so rich in mercy. So rich and overflowing in love that he chose to spill out his love onto us. His love is generous and rich and abundant. It's the most powerful thing you can ever encounter. The Bible tells us that the joy set before Jesus, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, put up with shame and ridicule. He did that all out of love for us. He didn't have to. Jesus didn't have to do any of that. (laughs) He didn't have to pursue us relentlessly, but he chooses to. He chose to because of his incredible and mighty love. I don't know if you sensed it as we were worshipping this morning. Just the tangible presence of the God of love who pursues us relentlessly that he will never stop coming after you. However far you may feel you've kind of wandered or stormed away in your heart, he will never stop coming after you because he loves you too much. It says this in Isaiah 30 again from the message. God, the master, the holy of Israel has this solemn counsel. Your salvation requires you to turn back to me And stop your silly efforts to save yourself. Your strength will come from settling down in complete dependence on me. Now one of the brilliant things about the story that we read that Jesus told is how the shepherd responds when he finds the sheep. It says in verse 5, And when he has found it, he lays it, the sheep, on his shoulders, rejoicing. When, When... 
he finds the sheep. He doesn't go to the sheep, oh, you naughty sheep, you wandered off all that way where I couldn't take care of you, naughty, naughty sheep. He doesn't say that. He, he picks up the sheep, carries it on his very own shoulders and rejoices. Now, maybe the, she- the sheep's been through some stuff wandering on its own. Maybe it's a bit battered and bruised. Maybe it's tired. And rich in mercy, he lifts the sheep onto his shoulders. Now, we haven't got time for this. I was going to get some dads to do a bit of a shoulder ride race, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> but, but you can imagine. I don't know if you remember. I remember this, being a kid. And, you know, you've got little legs when you're little. And so walking as far as adults walk and as fast as adults walk is actually quite hard. And so there are times, I'm parents, and I'm sure you've experienced this, where you kind of just relentlessly, Dad, Dad, can you carry me? Dad, can you carry me? And good dads, not all of the time, sometimes it's appropriate to say no, but lift their children and often put them on their shoulders and carry them. Now the hard work is transferred from the kids doing all the hard work of doing all the legwork and it's placed onto dad, who as a good dad willingly bears the weight willingly carries. That's what Jesus said it's like when we're found by him. He picks us up and carries our burdens and carries our weight and carries the weight of our sin. It's mind-blowing, wonderful truth. But he doesn't do it grudgingly. When Jesus talks about the sheep being found, it's not kind of like, oh my goodness, it was just so hard coming after you. It was just so hard finding you. He doesn't say that. He says he puts the sheep on his shoulders and he rejoices. He's so glad. He's so glad that he's found the sheep. He's so, Jesus is so glad when he encounters us, when we encounter him. And he celebrates. It says in verse 6, Jesus said in the story that when he comes home, Jesus and the sheep, he, uh, Jesus and the, um, the sheep and the shepherd, he calls together his friends and his neighbours and says to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. There's a commentator I was reading who put it like this. The principle here is that one feels exuberant joy to be almost too much for himself to bear alone and is positively relieved by having others to share it with him. The celebration that's called for when someone encounters Jesus and is saved from being lost is one of exuberant joy. Jesus celebrates. He celebrated the day that I came to him. And not only he celebrated, but Jesus said in that passage that heaven celebrates when a lost person comes to repentance and comes to knowing uh, the fullness of life in Jesus and his love for us. Now, I'm going to show a super quick clip before we finish. Uh, uh. Uh, there isn't time. Okay, we're not going to show the clip. <laughs> but it was one of a great happiness 
when uh, a, a son who was lost is brought home and into family again. It's, you were so happy when you found your sheep. You were so, so happy. Jesus is so, so happy when we come to him. And we're going to end by celebrating.